You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Hello, hello! We are back. You may be wondering why I am saying that, but hey, this is the first podcast that we've done in, it feels like months, because we have been in what? The year 2020. (laughs) We have been in the middle of a pandemic and social distancing and it feels like the whole world's gone mad. I get it. But we are back. I am back in the saddle and coming back stronger than ever with the good news of the gospel for you. And really excited, really excited to be doing a new series uh, of podcasts, really excited about just the opportunity for the body of Christ in the, the times that we're living in. And so without further ado, let's, let's pray, let's kick this thing off, and let's see what the Father has for all of you guys today. Well, awesome, Dad. We are so happy to be back in the saddle, riding full speed ahead, advancing the kingdom with you. And Father, I am just so aware that every one of our listeners has been personally drawn to this podcast by you. I believe with all of my heart, Father, that this is a divine appointment for our listeners and that you have something very specific that you want to speak to them in this podcast today. And so I'm just yielding. I'm yielding my body as a living sacrifice. (laughs) Jesus, have your way. (laughs) Just uh, possess the fullness of this temple and use me. Say what you want to say. Take us where you want to go. Do what you want to do. Father, encourage and edify. Uh, Speak the truth that sets us free today. Renew our minds and cause us to experience the fullness of everything that you accomplished on Calvary so that we can get in agreement with it and it manifests through our life. We just give you praise, we give you honor in advance for all of it, in Jesus' name. So the first thing I just wanna, I wanna take a moment to do here right at the beginning is I just want to encourage you. I want to remind you of all of the good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. And the reason that I wanna do that is because It's really easy to forget, (laughs) Uh, especially when you are being bombarded, you know, day in, day day in and day out with all kinds of negativity. Uh, Negativity in the, you know, the news media, on social media, Uh, you've got, you know, potentially all kinds of circumstances that you're having to walk through right now. Maybe there's challenges in your employment. Uh, maybe you've been laid off. Maybe you are having to work from home and you're, you know, trying to juggle your family and your, your work. Maybe you are, you know, worried about the economy or you've have yourself or loved ones that have been impacted by COVID. But I, I just want to bring you up to uh, the truth of heaven today. I want to remind you of the gospel and what Jesus has accomplished. And so let's, let's kick off with a scripture from Matthew today that 
you know, everyone, if you've been walking with Jesus for very long, probably knows. Uh, it's the, the Lord's Prayer. And probably if I just said it right now, we could all recite it from memory, right? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Well, I, rather than do that, I want to go at this scripture from the Passion Translation. And so I'm going to go on over to Matthew 6, chapter 9. And I'll start and actually, I'll actually go a little further up because this, this whole part of chapter 6 is really the disciples, you know, a conversation with Jesus where he was explaining to them how to pray. So here's what he says. He says, whenever you pray, be sincere. And not like the pretenders who love the attention they receive while praying for others in meetings and on street corners. Believe me, they've already received in full their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your innermost chamber and be alone with the Father God, praying to him in secret. And your Father who sees all that you do will reward you openly. When you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases praying like those who don't know God. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. There is no need to imitate them, since your Father already knows what you need before you ask him. In verse 9, it says, pray like this. Our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those we have wronged, those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. So we've heard this prayer so much that it's easy just to gloss over it. But I want to take a moment and just go into a few of the verses and talk about it from a finished work or a finished works of the cross perspective. And what I mean by that is I want to use this prayer as a springboard to not just, you know, encourage you in prayer and make sure that you're talking to the Father and letting him know what your needs are in this time and trusting him to be the actual provider of everything you need. But I also want to use it as a springboard to discuss how does this prayer look from post-cross? Because this prayer, as Jesus prayed it, was before he went to the cross. And after he resurrected from the grave and ascended uh, on high and sat down at the right hand of the Father and proclaimed, it is finished on the cross, and really (laughs) recreated all things by absorbing all things into himself and initiating a new creation, 
What is the impact of all of that on this prayer? And how do you, as a son, how do you, as one who lives in union with God, as Jesus did when he prayed this prayer, how do you approach thinking about this prayer? And how, how does it apply to us and our, our role in the body of Christ and our role in continuing the ministry of Jesus? And so the first thing I want to say is, and again, I'm just going to teach it out of the Passion Translation, and I encourage you to read it out of that translation or find that translation and read it along with me. But that very first verse in verse 9 says, Our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. I love this translation, and I want to talk about it a little bit uh, because... The very first thing that should happen when we think about the Lord's Prayer, when we think about the position that we have in prayer and how we're talking to the Father and what this means for us as a new creation is the first thing that should happen is that we should awaken to another realm. That when we begin to talk to the Father, we become aware of heaven. And so when it says our father who art in heaven or our father who dwells in the heavenly realms, it's important that we, we connect and, and have an awareness of the kingdom of heaven. Yes, where the father dwells. Yes, whether Jesus sits at his right hand. Yes, where, you know, there are, you know, the cloud of witnesses that are surrounding us, where they are. But here's the thing. Heaven is also within us. Heaven is not necessarily up. I mean, even just that whole perspective of heaven being up is a deceived perspective because depending on how the earth is rotating at the moment and where you may find yourself, you know, spinning around on the axis and where you find yourself in space, I mean, where is up? (laughs) Where is up once you get into outer space? Up is a relative place. And so you have to start thinking about heaven and awakening to heaven uh, when you're praying and when you're just, you know, dealing with no matter what's going on in our lives, whether we're in a pandemic or not, as to what is our relationship to heaven. And so the dwelling of the Father in heaven is inside of you. Our Father who's dwelling in the heavenly realms, (laughs) is who we are addressing. And if you aren't careful, you'll address the Father somewhere up or somewhere outside. And the truth is you are a carrier of heaven. And Jesus announced this in his earthly ministry when he said uh, the gospel of, he said that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The good news is, And the gospel declares that heaven has arrived, that the separation between earth and heaven has been erased by the blood of the lamb, and that what was done by Adam has been undone by the last Adam. And so all of creation is now moaning and groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God because heaven has come. Heaven is here and the the earth wants it to manifest in this realm. So that's the first thing to notice when you begin to to look at this prayer from a new covenant finished works perspective. The second thing to recognize here, it says, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. 
I love that. I love that translation. Uh, the King James says, Father, you know, who art, in, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name, right? There's something about this hallowed be thy name or the glory of the Father's name or in this case, the name of Jesus. You know, the glory that is in that name. When you think about that, I want to go over to John chapter 17, which is Jesus's other prayer. And this prayer was a prayer that he prayed right before he went to Calvary. But he's talking about this idea of the glory of the Father, the glory of the Father's name. And I just want to read a little bit of it because as long as we're studying Jesus's prayers, the prayer to get something out of it, it's a good, it's a good thing to do. So I find it interesting that John 17 says this is what Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven. Now, this up verse, this up word comes again. What in the world does it mean that Jesus looked up into heaven? Well, I believe that there, that even though up doesn't mean heaven's up in outer space somewhere, I do believe that up means higher. He looked higher. He looked higher into heaven. It's kind of like in Revelation when, uh, you know, he, he, he said, come up here. You know, uh, John heard a voice saying, come up, come up here, come, come to a higher perspective. And then Jesus says, Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your son so that I will magnify your glory. And then he says, you've already given me authority over all people that I may give the gift of eternal life to all that you've given me. And then he, he, he goes on to define eternal life. He says, eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the son whom you have sent. In verse four, he says, I have glorified you on earth by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. So, my Father, restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. And verse 6, this is what I really want to get to. It says, Father, I have manifested who you really are. And I have revealed you to the men and women that you gave me. They were yours and you gave them to me. And they fastened your word firmly to their hearts. Now, I want to stop here for a second because there's a lot of glory talk going on in this part of John 17. Jesus says that he's wanting to be restored to the glory that he had with the Father before the universe was created. He talks about uh, unveiling the glory of Jesus so that he magnifies the Father's glory. So there's a whole lot of glory here. And why am, I, why am I bringing this over here? And why am I talking about this? It's because this concept of glorifying the Father's name or praying for the Father's name to be hallowed and revered and glorified is not just, you know, a, a little, you know, scripture that we're praying because we learned it in Sunday school, right? The, the request that we're making to the Father that, that the glory of his name <laughs> um, manifest, or in the translation of the Passion translation, it says, be the center in which our lives turn. It's really a, this, this understanding of what is the glory 
What is the glory of the Father that we're praying to manifest? What is the glory that Jesus is talking about? And, and I want to propose to you that the glory from a finished works perspective is the glory of Jesus as revealed in Jesus and now the glory that is the inheritance of the saints which dwells inside of us. And it is this prayer for the Father to be glorified in all of the fullness of who he is, in all of his goodness, in all of his majesty, in all of his power to be manifested. You know, Moses said, show me your glory. And he said, I will show you my goodness. And so when we pray for the glory of the name of the Father or the glory of Jesus to be the center of our lives, what we're saying is, we could put the word goodness in there. We could put in who, what is the nature of the, of the Father that we're looking to glorify. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so when we pray, Father, let the glory of your name be the center upon which our lives turn, what we're saying is let who you really are be the center of our focus. Let it be the center of our being. Let it be the thing that our lives revolve around. And that is so much a better choice <laughs> to have our lives revolve around that than it is to have it revolve around anything else. And so whether it's revolving around your problems, whether it's revolving around what's going on in the world or the upcoming political election or it's revolving around, you know, relationship, whatever, whatever it's revolving around, besides the glory of God, this prayer is saying, get us back to center. Get us back to the truth. Get us back into position where you are the center of our universe. And then right from there, we go into, or it goes into the next part of that. Okay, we go back, he goes right into the next part of that and says, manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. So I want to really focus on this for a moment. You know, manifesting heaven, praying to the Father to manifest heaven <laughs> is, in one sense, the most powerful prayer that we can pray, and in one sense, the most inaccurate prayer that we can pray. And the reason it can be both <laughs> is because it really depends on your perspective. And whether you are praying that prayer from a position of power post-cross, or you are praying it from a position of lack and asking the Father to do something that in Christ he's already done, but you're looking at it pre-cross. 
And I'm sharing that today because I want to remind you of who you are. I want to remind you that you are seated in heavenly places in Christ and that you are a new creation. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Father now, post-cross, manifests heaven through you. You are the vine. I mean, you are the branch. Jesus is a vine. And the fruit or the manifestation of the kingdom comes from the vine through the branch. So you are an extension of heaven in the material realm. You are the manifester of heaven, and you are the one who now is doing the same works as Jesus and even greater works. So just simply asking the Father to manifest heaven as though he hadn't already manifested heaven is an inaccurate, incorrect prayer. And Ephesians and Colossians and a lot of the epistles really make that plain to us, but it's easy to miss if you aren't making the connection that this prayer that Jesus was praying was prayed prior to the cross. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, you've probably heard me teach on this scripture before. This is, I mean, this is an incredible reality. And when we don't stay connected to this reality and we just keep asking God to do something that he's already done, I mean, it becomes an unanswerable prayer. How can you get someone to do something he's already done? You know, unless he's going to do it again. And guess what? Jesus isn't getting crucified again. In verse 4 of Ephesians 1, it says, And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself, even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Oops, let me go up to verse 3. That's where I wanted to go. It says this, Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a loved gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of the Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. I'm going to read it to you in a different translation. Let me read it to you uh, in the Amplified here. In the Amplified version, it says, Blessed and worthy of praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. So what both of those translations are saying is that we have already been blessed all that heaven contains has already been lavished upon us as a love gift. And if we are not aware that heaven is inside of us, that heaven is all around us, that, this, that we have an inheritance in Christ, which is heaven on earth, then we might try to ask God to manifest something from the perspective of like it hasn't happened. And it's very different to manifest an inheritance than it is to try to manifest something that you don't own uh, and try to gain possession of something that is not yours. And so when we, when we say that kingdom come, that, that will be done, or we say, you know, manifest heaven's glory or whatever we say, we have to realize that the kingdom has come <laughs> and the Lord's will was done. 
And it was, it came through Jesus and it was accomplished through Jesus. And now that is, all that, now that's, the only thing left to do is to materialize it. It's come, it's come and it's, we've been blessed in the, in the, in the heavenly realms. And now it's time to enforce that blessing and manifest that blessing here on earth. Why does this matter? Why am I going into this today? Because when there is an, you know, a pandemic and the world economy looks like it's you know, so fragile and there is a shortage potentially of things or there is a disease that's on the loose, the fact that heaven is here and that we have access to heaven's rule and reign is, is absolutely important. It's, it's, it's critical. It's crucial because we have a responsibility to manifest heaven in the midst of these circumstances. And what that looks like is it looks like immunity to COVID. It looks like immunity to economic uh, ruin in this hour. Why? Because premature death, sickness, poverty, and lack, anything that happened as a result of the curse, as a result of the fall of Adam, has been reversed in Christ. And if it is not in heaven, then it has no legal authority to exist on earth. There is no legal authority for you to be killed by COVID prematurely. There is no legal authority for you not to have your physical needs met here on earth. Why? Because (laughs) the ministry of Jesus to heal the sick and to release and manifest heaven on earth is now the body of Christ's ministry. And what that means is that when you are faced with the report of the world or the report in the news or the report on social media, you have an alternative report. You have a different story. You have good news to declare, not bad news to declare. You have good news to declare. Jesus came to preach good news to the poor. You have good news to preach to those who are in lack of anything, lack of healing, lack of finances, lack of peace. You have good news. And the news is heaven is here. Heaven is here. It's always been God's will for the earth to look like heaven. And he, he established his will through Jesus Christ. So practically, that looks like manifesting it here on earth. How? The same way Jesus did. By declaring it so, by speaking it so, by performing signs and wonders as the father spoke to him and he did what he saw the father doing. It looks like living in union with the father and eradicating every trace of the curse wherever you might be. It's about shifting the atmosphere. It's about, about releasing the rule and reign of Jesus Christ into the earth in various situations. You know, if you don't, if you aren't subscribed to my weekly Kisses from Heaven emails, which are called Love Notes from Dad, they're signed Kisses from Heaven, uh, then 
you should subscribe to that. <laughs> and you should also join my Path to Purpose group because I always post them there every week as well. But the last one that I just sent out was really about this. It was about stepping up into that place of authority and taking dominion over the things that Jesus defeated on the cross and manifesting heaven on earth. And I'm just going to take a moment to read a little bit of this to you because I do think it's, it's, it's relevant because, you know, I just posted it this week. So it feels like, you know, this is the word of the Lord right now. And let me just read it to you. It says, my dearest child, I am serious about you and those around you experiencing abundant life. I want you to not only know and understand all that Jesus accomplished on the cross, I want you to experience it and release it. I want you to enforce, enforce our victory. Death, sickness, sin, poverty, everything that came with the fall have all been stripped of their power. Jesus defeated the kingdom of darkness on the cross. He triumphed over the one who had the power of death and freed mankind from his grip. You are no longer a slave, you are a son and an heir. Your translation from the kingdom of darkness is not a theory that needs to be proven. It is a victory that must be enforced. The enemy has no authority whatsoever unless you give him yours. So don't. Agree with me. Use my son's name. Enforce his victory, his reign, and his rule in the earth. You are my ambassador called to bring heaven to earth. When you encounter something, anything that isn't lawful in heaven, stand up and say so. Use Jesus' name and declare it illegal. Speak to the seen realm and command it to align with the victory of Jesus Christ. The seen realm will respond. In fact, it's moaning and groaning to be governed. It's yearning for the manifestation of the sons of God. So be one. Be a son. Operate as one with me and my son. Use the name that is above every name. Use the authority that Jesus has delegated to you. Be his body. Conduct my business. Release the kingdom everywhere you go. Make disciples. Heal the sick. Cast out devils. Make this planet look like heaven. Seriously, my child, I want your life to be a testimony of what is possible when a person owns and walks in their sonship. I want your life to look like Jesus's. I want you to be one of the ones who does the same works as Jesus and even greater works. I want you to confront the things that exalt themselves and claim to have more power than my son and his kingdom. Don't doubt this, my child. Put on Christ. Embrace your oneness with me. This is not just for you. It's for those who have yet to discover it and experience it for themselves. Step into the fullness of your true identity. Throw off any and every notion that you are anything but one with your maker, your redeemer, and your savior. I am asking you to believe it, to have confidence in it, and to step into a life of miracles because of it. Seriously, together we can make this planet look just like heaven. So what am I saying? <laughs> well, I'm saying everything that the father said just in that. But I'm linking it back to Matthew 6 because that prayer is not to be prayed from a place of powerlessness where we are asking Father to do something. The Father is asking us to do something in this hour. He is asking us to be the voice 
of victory. He is asking us to be the voice of hope. He is asking us to not get in agreement with anything but the gospel. And there is a lot of confusing things that we can get in agreement with if we are unclear about what the gospel actually is. Manifesting heaven on earth is our mission. It is our commission, church. And the world needs the Jesus in us. The world needs the manifestation of heaven that Jesus died for us to possess to manifest through us. And this, in fact, it's, there's never been a more important time for sons and daughters. I mean, sons of God, of course, they're female too, to rise up in their true identity, to understand that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. And as his sons, as his heirs, as those who live in union with him, to absolutely be the ones that the father manifests heaven on earth through so i know i spent a lot of time on that little second part of or that second verse in in the lord's prayer but it's probably one of the most important aspects of that prayer the jurisdiction of heaven is established through you It is established as you declare it. It is established as you enforce it and agree with it. And what the father was saying and you know, that love note and what he's saying through this podcast is don't agree with anything that is not in heaven. I get it. It may look bad, right? But the word says that we walk by faith and not by sight. We are not to look to the external realm to tell us the truth. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us and guides us into all truth. Jesus Christ said, I am the truth. If you want to know the truth, you have to look at a hymn. The truth is a person. And all that Jesus is, is contained in his name. And when we use his name, we, glo- we, are, in, we are legally <laughs> endowed with the right to manifest all that is his name. So let's keep going. Again, in verse 11. Now, let me change my version back. I was in the Amplified, so let me get back here. But in ver- uh, verse 11 of Matthew 6, let's keep going. You know, this is the scripture in the King James. It says, give us this day our daily bread. But in the Passion, it says, we acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. I like the Passion translation. I like the King James. Give us this day our daily bread. But this one I like because this acknowledging piece is a pretty big deal. I like that better than give us because give us makes it think we don't have it acknowledge is more like we've got it and we're acknowledging it and the the truth is that when we what we acknowledge and what we become aware of is what manifests i was doing a training this week uh, in one of my graduate courses where i train people to operate in the supernatural and, and perform miracles and so forth and 
we just, a lot, most of the time when I start to teach that class, I mean, this is an, it's, a, it's a signs and wonders healing class. I mean, I've been, you know, healing the sick for over two decades. It's incredible the amount of glory and the amount of miracles that I've seen. But when I just sit, you know, in the place that I get into when, we, when I start to train on this stuff, usually I'm going to start by just acknowledging the Holy Spirit. And there's something so incredible that happens when you just acknowledge the Holy Spirit, when you just acknowledge the Father. But as you acknowledge the Holy Spirit, you're just saying, what does it mean to acknowledge? It means to recognize. It means to become aware of. It means to like, you know, someone enters the room, you know, you, if you ignore them, then you're not acknowledging them. But if someone enters the room and you're like, hey, what's up, Bob? Well, you've just acknowledged them. And now, you, you know, you and Bob are having a, 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 an awareness of each other's presence. It doesn't mean that Bob wasn't in the room. It means that you didn't acknowledge it. And when you acknowledge the Holy Spirit, what happens is that, that's what begins to manifest. So you're just acknowledging the Holy Spirit. You're acknowledging the Father as your provider. And you're just becoming aware of that. And there's so much that I could teach here in this scripture about the power of observation. And that what we focus on materializes. And that we're always doing this anyway. That there are unlimited numbers of futures (laughs) in your future. (laughs) Unlimited numbers of possibilities. And the things that you agree with and the things that you acknowledge are the things that you manifest in your life. You know, the Father and the Holy Spirit are in, (laughs) they're in cahoots with one another. And when you just begin to acknowledge that the Father is the source of everything that you need, that he is the provider of everything, and that he has already provided it in Christ, and you just begin to acknowledge that, you just acknowledge that you are our provider of everything that we need each and every day, that you have lavished all that heaven contains already uh, is ours, that, you know, the Apostle Paul said that you supply all of our need according to your riches and glory. You know, these, these truths and acknowledging that and focusing on that is much better than focusing, not only much better, I mean, you want to focus on lack, guess what you're going to get? So this acknowledgement is huge, huge, huge. You know, verse 12 through verse 13, the only thing I really want to say about that as I wrap up today is that it's really important that you read verse 12 and 13 from post-cross. If you don't read it post-cross, it's going to look like forgiveness is conditional based upon our, our forgiving of others. And it's going to look like that we have, no, we have yet to be rescued. And the truth is that in Christ, we are forgiven. We forgive others as we have been forgiven post-cross. We don't forgive to be, be forgiven. We forgive as we've been forgiven. So let me take you to that scripture really quickly. Ephesians 4, 32. Again, in one of the epistles, it says, be kind 
and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, as God through Christ has forgiven you. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. That's the NIV. NLT is God through Christ has forgiven you. So post-cross, if you just go read, you know, the Lord's Prayer, and you don't, you don't recognize that the forgiveness that, that Jesus is praying for was accomplished on the cross, you'll still, still think that forgiveness is a conditional thing. And if you are not aware that we've already been translated from the kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of God's dear son, then you'll think that you haven't been rescued. And the truth is, is that the kingdom of darkness has no dominion over you. The truth is, is that sin has no dominion over you. And there is nothing left for you to do but believe that. There is nothing left for you to do but manifest that. And that is why the Apostle Paul, over and over and over again, would talk about how we were in Christ. And because we are in Christ, then we manifest these other things. So, beloved, I, I, my prayer today is that you are encouraged. You are encouraged in the middle of whatever circumstances you find yourself in to realize that you're not a victim. You are not a victim of the world system. You're not, you are not a victim of the medical system. You are not a victim of the world's economy. You are an heir. And you are a joint heir with Jesus. And you are his body. You are his bride. And all that belongs to him already belongs to you. Heaven has been lavished upon you. And you have everything you need to manifest heaven. Where? Inside of you. In Christ. And the only thing that's left to do is not to pray to the Father to do something that he hasn't already done. It's to manifest what has already been done. And as you acknowledge the Holy Spirit and you acknowledge the Father and you acknowledge all of the good things that are in you in Christ Jesus, it says in Philemon, the only one chapter there is, not only will your faith become, faith become effectual, but you will find that you are doing the same works as Jesus, that you are enforcing the jurisdiction of heaven on earth, and that the, the miracle you seek in your situation is in your mouth. The miracle that you seek in any situation is an encounter away. It is truly you seeing what the Father is doing and saying what the Father is saying. Sonship is your destiny. Living in union with the Father is your birthright. And it is time, it is time in this hour, right now, in the midst of circumstances that have never been seen in, in our lifetimes, it is time for the sons of God right now to manifest all of creation, the world is moaning, the world is groaning for sons to arise, to live in union with the Father and release the manifestation of heaven on earth. And so, Father, I thank you for every listener. I thank you that the Holy Spirit has highlighted the things that each and every listener needed to hear today. And I pray that even as we wrap, that that seed of revelation is going to grow up and produce fruit. 
I pray, Father, that this, this word that I've spoken will become flesh, that it will transform <laughs> not just the listeners, God, but it's going to transform all kinds of situations. I just release the fruit of this message now. I release miracles, signs, and wonders, turnarounds, reversals, breakthroughs, whatever is needed in whatever situation the listener finds themselves in. I thank you that we are a walking manifestation of heaven on earth and that where we are, Jesus is. And so I just bless every listener and I declare a supernatural week and a supernatural life for every single one of them in Jesus' name. Well, beloved, it's so good to be back. It's so good to be preaching the gospel to you. And I just uh, want to invite you now that if, if you are blessed by this podcast, if you are blessed by just the connection that you have to the ministry, head on over to shalice.com and partner with us. Support the ministry. We are on a mission to reveal the Christ in you and the Christ in those who have yet to meet Jesus so that the body of Christ is built up and Jesus has his full reward in the earth. You can donate uh, it with one time, a one-time gift. You can donate with a monthly recurring partnership. You can do all of that over at Shalice.com. And as always, if you are interested in learning more about our work here in the ministry, you can email us at info at Shalice.com to find out more about Emerge School of Transformation. Emerge is our immersion into new creation living where through your union with Jesus, you learn to answer what we call the five most important questions of life, the five big questions of life. And those questions will not only catapult you into experiential Christianity where you are abiding in the vine and experiencing union with Jesus, but they will catapult you into a purpose-filled life where you know the reason why you're here on the planet, the work that the Father has called you to do so that you can run your race with confidence and reach the end of your life knowing that you were faithful, that you finished your course and you fought the good fight of faith, and you can stand before Jesus with confidence knowing that he's going to tell you, well done, well done, my good and faithful servant. So God bless you guys. We will be back soon with new episodes of the podcast. Until then, we love you. We are here for you, and we wish and pray nothing but heaven's full manifestation upon you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to Shalice's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalice.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalice's book, The Path, for free. Or you can visit www.thepathfreebook.com. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose he created you for, then take that first step and contact us by email at info at to inquire about working with Shalice and enrolling in Emerge School of Transformation. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.